I also look so cute with my locks. My locks are coming along so good, Gary. I'm happy for you. I believe it. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to be so cute, Bounce. but I'm literally so cute. <laughs> we, we love to hear it. You yeah. ready? Yeah, go ahead. Bounce. Ayo, 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 welcome back to Wise and Moisturize. We've been gone for a minute, but we back again. Shall hey, we? How you doing, Paige? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm lovely. Um, finally uh, on my way to thriving instead of surviving. Same. So that's the, and that's all we could ever really ask for. Word, 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 word. Well, I guess I would like say this. Um, thanks everyone for being patient with us. Last week I needed to reschedule because my partner and I bought a house. Hey, y'all hear it? Adulty <laughs> moves. Yeah, so we were moving, and honestly, like a a fraction of the people who listen to this podcast were there to help me move. So big shout out to them. Um but yeah, so I needed that time. So thanks for being patient. But we will be back on our regular schedule moving forward. Um, but you know, bitches had to adult. I sure did. Yeah, and um, I'm still kind of in my damn self. I'm still settling into a new job. I've almost been there a month. Crazy, um, crazy. Yeah, and this is cool. It's just doing what it's supposed to do so far. It's um. You know, it's it's education, and there is the summer. So, what's happening during the summer isn't the real isn't really how it's going to be. So, I can't really uh, give any updates on how it's going. It just it just kind of is, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, so you know, we had to we had to handle our business, but now now let's get back to business. <laughs> that is correct. So what are we talking about today? Okay, so I mean we've we've had some time apart from our loyal listeners, so let's let's hit the big one first. Um, Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Ooh, Chile. Where are my rights? Where art thou? And they're coming for your lefts next. No, but for real, fuck these niggas. Respectfully, actually, no, disrespectfully, a thousand times, a thousand times. Um, so, so Paige, as our, uh, as our resident coochie owner, you want to, you want to give the people, a uh, a, a spark note on what took place? <laughs> um, honestly, I can't even tell you. This might've been two weeks now. Yeah. Uh, truthfully, yeah. I can't even like, I wouldn't even want the specifics because this really fucked me up for like a couple of like I would say at least four days. Like I was yeah. like having a hard time sleeping and stuff because it just was so blatantly like, wow. Someone just was like, psych nah. <laughs> like your body, our choice. So um if you've been living underneath a rock, because we are definitely behind, um, the Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, which had been a statute of law for the past 50 years, which basically gave women the right to privacy and the right federally to have access to abortion. Now, plenty of states have tried to restrict that um, with like states like Alabama and Mississippi only having like one abortion clinic in the entire state. But with the overturn of Roe v. Wade, there were several states that had trigger laws that went into effect that basically said, if this gets overturned, we're going to ban abortion. Um, and there have been some states that have made exceptions for things like, you know, if the baby is life-threatening to the mother, if there's incest or sexual assault. But there are some states that have just done an all-out ban. I think one of the most prominent examples of that is that there's like a 10-year-old in Ohio who needs an abortion. And the Ohio lawmakers said that, like, even though this is a travesty, like, it's an opportunity for the 10-year-old. An opportunity for her to do what? Hey, yo. Yeah, so we're we're dealing with people who do not live in reality, and I think that that's the hardest part is that if you do not see reason, if you are unable to meet me in the reality of a situation, then I don't understand how I'm supposed to like go back and forth with you because I'm using logic and reality, and you live somewhere the fuck else. 
Right. And I think that that's the most exhausting part. So I, after this happened, honestly, I had like a hard time sleeping and I literally had a dream that I was being chased by the police. I had to like delete my TikTok for a couple of days because I was just getting so much of that. Like people were doing like skits of what it will be like. And it was just like all this like handmade tale rhetoric. And it was a lot like as someone who this can directly affect. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm very fortunate that I live in a state that has codified abortion, but now that it's not federally mandated, it wouldn't surprise me if there was other things that were going to happen. And like, I just feel like, I feel like a true American, which makes me feel awful. But like, as a kid, you, we like, they took these classes that like, they made us take these classes that made us believe America was the best and that all these other countries were just fucking dumb or ridiculous or like didn't have their shit together. And like, you hear about the civil rights movements and you hear about all this stuff, but you like, effectively like believe that it's in the past and like as a black person that reality gets shaken a lot sooner than like anyone else because you quickly see that that is not case that is not the case for us um and so it's like i as i've grown older i have this obviously very clear understanding of where black people's value is in society and then it's like you know you're dealing with that and now you're a woman and like those rights are getting taken away and it's like not that people who came before me, uh, like, signed up to be, like, enslaved or impoverished or during Jim Crow or during the 1960s. Like, people didn't pick the time that they were born. But, like, you're kind of given this narrative as a kid that, like, all that is in the past. And so now to be an adult and to feel like I'm firmly in, like, a civil rights, like, movement. Like, I am an adult during this time. Yeah. Um it's a lot. It's a lot to manage and it's a lot to think about. And I know that like as a black person, I'm very fortunate that I have resiliency built into me because the reason why I'm here is because someone, someone down the road, like in my genetic code, lived through some of the worst things that could happen to black people. Mm -hmm. So like, I know I can make it through this, but it's like, fuck bro. Like it just makes you change the way that you see, like how you're going to live your life, whether or not you're going to have kids, like, this whole thing changes everything. And I'm going to be honest, when me and Stan first started dating, we had a conversation about abortion and stuff. And I told him, I told him that I was like pro-choice mm-hmm. and he was cool with that. But like once we started dating, dating more seriously and like living together and stuff, I told him, I was like, yo, if I ever got pregnant and it was like a life-threatening thing between me and the baby, I have no shame in this. I told him, you pick me. You don't know that baby. That baby's a stranger. We can have another baby. We can adopt another baby. You need to pick me. <laughs> like, And some people will say that that's selfish, but I feel like I know myself and that is important to me. And maybe that would change if I ever became pregnant, but I've never been pregnant and this is where I stand personally right now. And so like to have someone, like to think about like, depending on where you live, Stanley doesn't get to have that option. Like no matter what, like if it became between me and that baby, like I knew that I would have to die. That is enough for me to never want to even try to get pregnant. Right. Because, like, people who look like me die frequently from pregnancy. Yeah. So, for me, it's like, it's it's like heroin now. Like, I looked like it might have been fun, but those side effects is scurry, so. Yeah. Um, to jump in, one thing I, uh, so, yeah, th- this, this has been, like I said, we're, of course, we're late, but, you know, it's, this is a topic that nobody can talk about enough because it's very real. Um, uh, I saw a lot of different perspectives and points of views being thrown around on social media about it. Um, conversations on Facebook videos on like on Instagram and TikTok about, about how things will go. I've seen people trying to, you know, make all the funny skits. Cause that's what we do on social media. We, as soon as tragedy strikes, we find a way to laugh at it. But uh, one thing I do want to like on some serious shit, kind of like unpack and debunk in case anybody who listens to us has this perspective. And, you know, I, I try not to be preachy or force beliefs, but this is one case where I'm going to. So deal with it. Uh, I, I seen I've, I saw a lot of a lot of men on my Facebook friends list were very. Let me play like devil's advocates and asking saying things to the effect of like, well, what about what about a man's uh, say in having the baby? It took two adults to make that baby, so why? And yet, get like, yes, it's the woman's body, but why doesn't the man get a say when he was an equal role in creating it? 
And I, I've seen, I saw various different versions of that argument. I saw people going back and forth with each other in the comments, some pro, some con. And my biggest thing is this, to pretend as though childbearing is an equal thing between men and women is just not true. Child creation <clears throat> involves both parties. Bearing the child, developing the child, and the birthing process is solely the woman's experience. Right. So to try to equate the two by saying, what about the men's opinion just because he stuck his wee-wee in, just ain't the same. So I, I'm tired of people trying to put that argument out there as if it's really doing something. And, and what it really is rooted in is male entitlement. And people need to understand that. All of these laws are rooted in male entitlement. Like the men who are making these laws, the men pr predominantly who are forcing Christian normative beliefs on people is from male entitlement. And just, just, it's, it's just literally none of our business. Like once the, once the process begins inside of the woman, it is her, it is hers to bear. Yes. Men, baby daddies, fathers can provide emotional support. They can do things to make the process more pleasant. But what it comes down to is it is all the woman's business. So I don't understand why people even try to shape their mouth or Twitter fingers to pretend those things are equivalent. I think the I think the part that's really frustrating is just that like people who have uteruses most of the time, all the time. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't regret being a woman, but I didn't ask to be one either. Like you know what I mean? Like I didn't like when I was poofed into existence. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like it's not like someone stopped me and was like, Would you like to be a man? Would you like to, you know what I mean? Like choose oh, your weapon. Yeah, like choose yeah, like choose your pee hole like I that's not the case so it's like there's just so many complications that come around with just owning a uterus period point blank and then on top of that like it's just so hard to get things that have to do with your uterus birth control for a lot of people is very hard to get um finding you know someone who understands your pain is very hard um even I like I've suffered from painful uterine cramps for most of my life and, like, for the first time, I had a doctor, like, that's not normal. We should do something about that. Yeah. I've been I've been seeing gynecologists since I was 16. It's well over a decade. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, like, it's very frustrating. It's not like anyone cares about people with uteruses. And the fact that you're saving these quote-unquote children, and half of them are going to be people with uteruses... So it's like, you know what I mean? Like you did all this to save them, to throw them away, literally. Like it doesn't make any sense. And I think that's the part that's really exhausting is the, the, the right side, the Republicans, whatever the fuck you want to call them. They get to just make these like bogus ass claims and then do whatever fucked up policy they want to behind it. We're trying to save children. If you wanted to save children, then you would let kids have free lunch at fucking school. Sometimes it's the only meal they get. Right. But y'all out here chasing kids down for nickels and pennies when we could feed them for free or we can make sure that there was universal pre-K or you know what I mean? Or we can make sure that their parents were paid a living wage so that way someone can actually care for them properly. Or yeah. we could, you know, strengthen WIC, food stamps. We would do a universal wage. We would do universal health care. Like, you know what I mean? There was, there's so many things you could do. Um that could provide a space where these children could thrive or where there would maybe be homes for some of the children that we already have who are in the foster care system or whatever. But no, we're out here doing these weird fucking backhanded laws. And then there's like all these women around them, like just championing them. And I'm like, what the fuck? It, to me, I'm just like, I always wonder, like, what kind of cool... What are they telling you in the inner sanctum, right? Like, are they telling you there's going to be a seat for you at the table? Are they telling you they're going to protect you? Like, do you really believe that? It's like brainwashing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, I, I, I don't... Like, don't you understand that you're a person with a uterus? And, like, maybe, maybe you will be able to get an abortion. Maybe you won't. But, like... You know what I mean? Like, what's the deal? Like, you don't think this won't have any ramifications on you? Like, you really think you're going to walk away scot-free? Yeah. And I think that's the part that's, like, really exhausting is that there's just... They have... It's not just, like, um, 
you know, it's not just people without uteruses. It is, they got everyone over there. And it, they're all drinking that fucking weird-ass Kool-Aid. And it's exhausting because it's like, for people who don't want the government in their business, they seem to want the government in everyone else's business. Yep. Deciding how you gotta live. Yeah. Um, yeah, we. this is definitely a... Uh, this is definitely several, several steps backwards in our history books, for sure. Um, and that's that's one of those weird things to realize, right? It's like, like we're de- like we're live we're we've literally lived through the kinds of moments that we used to read about in history class. Exactly, like we're going backwards in time. It is like very, it's very exhausting. And the part that when you think about it is that like. It's almost surreal because then you, I guess you, again, as an American, you're always seeing these other countries from the news and something. And it's always like presented in this, look what's happening over there type ass vibe. Mm -hmm. But ever since I've been in college, because in college I took, I was a political science major. So I took a lot of like these kind of classes. I realized really quickly, if like the United States devolves, like ain't nobody coming to save us. Like this is us. We're, this is, we're doing it by ourselves. Like people aren't, maybe some people, but like we're normally the people who come in with the big money and the big guns. And then we're the ones in big, big trouble. There's no one out there who does shit like we do it, which I mean, could be a good thing. Yeah. But I just think about like, wow, shit's kind of, shit's getting kind of real. And I just need to keep my options as open as possible, which is why I, you know, my partner and I are in a good space about like not having kids right now or potentially ever. And it's really frustrating to feel like that's part of my, like, if I need to bust a move, that's part of my plan is be able to do so without a child it is frustrating that the government is literally creating that obstacle for me. Almost as if they would want me to feel trapped or something weird. Yeah, for real. Um, so this Roe v. Wade conversation actually leads me to like another, another point that I, uh, I made, I made a, I made this, I made it kind of like a post on Facebook, but I feel like it's worthy of discussion because I think that you will agree um, it's like, it's moments like this that make patriotism so hard. You know, it's like, we've already kind of talked about before. I think that it's almost to the point now for like, for minorities or marginalized groups, it's like, ro- like proudly rocking an American flag just, just, just doesn't, doesn't even sit right at this point. Cause it's just like, why, why am I going to rep? a nation that has done just so many things to like shut me down. And it's like, I on like the, so like on the 4th of July, I, I always make it a point to say that like, you know, it's a normal day. It's a day off of work. Ain't shit to celebrate. Um, because it's just like, for what? Like, it's especially right after Roe v. Wade, it's like, I see. I see. Mo- prom- primarily, the, primarily the white folks um, are be the ones, you know. Oh, f- land, uh, land of opportunity, freedom, independence. Don't like. Don't. Yay, America! Thank you for all you've afforded us. And it's like <laughs> never, never in my black ass life can I be on that type of time. I just can't do it. Um, I said it before, and I'll say it again. Marginalized groups in this in this country are in an abusive relationship with America. Uh, and people need to understand that. Uh, people need to op- open their eyes and see a lens outside of their own. J- it, just because you only get smacked five times a year doesn't mean it's not an abusive relationship. And honestly, we're getting smacked way more than five times a year. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, like 4th of July isn't a holiday. And I feel like I, again, I wasn't until my adulthood that I did start to understand these things. But once I understood them, there's no going back. <laughs> like, if I'm not having a Juneteenth picnic, like I'm not doing anything on the fourth. Right. Like, if you want to go out and get something to eat or something at like a restaurant or something, cool. Like, if I want to go out and like buy, like, it was good to be buying a mattress around that time because it was like a Fourth of July sale. Yeah. I'm not going 
to sub to celebrate. Like I'm not about to be like the old navy, like drip down with the American flag. Like that's I'm good off that. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm clear. I happen to be a black American. Yes, that is correct. A black American with a uterus. Right. So it's like, ooh. Who's gay? I got I took a lot of L's there. <clears throat> yeah. <coughs> so you 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 got three reasons to be like, nah. <laughs> so, you know, I just again, like everyone's in different space. I see it and I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's a choice. That's your business. And like everyone copes however they need to. So I don't know. I just know like it's looking, you know. It's looking kind of rough. It's frustrating in a lot of ways because also now I got to figure out how like the immigration system works to other countries and if I can take my dog with me. For real. And I'm like, damn, am I about to tell my kids like in 20 years, like I left a war-torn country? (laughs) These are real. (laughs) It's like, I'm serious. I I know. It it, it, it sounds so dramatic to hear it out loud, but it's like, yeah, nah, that... Yeah, that like is- I left everything behind, bro. Because we had to get out of there, so I did. War torn. Such literary words. It's just <laughs> I you know, it's just crazy. You and again, I again, I do recognize that this is a a very American opinion. I think for people who have family members who are like from other places, like my whole family, as far back as I can remember, was born in the United States. So, like, I'm not Caribbean or anything like that. Not, like, super close to me, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think for, you know, my parents, my dad was in the military. Like, I grew up like an American kid. Like, that's how my parents wanted me to grow up. And as an American kid, this is very distressing to me. Yeah. And I think for some people who grew up in maybe in households that or maybe a little bit more forthcoming with this information or more knowledgeable or could see it from, you know, having experiences other places, you know, that's really cool. But I just stand firm in the fact that like this fucking sucks. This is not, you know, this is not the first time that it started to suck, (laughs) but I do think that again, like everything hits different, like where you are in your adult lifehood. Like, you know what I mean? Like some of this stuff happened when I was in college and like, yes, like you just don't understand as you grow older, like you really do start to understand the like implications and the weight of everything. And that can become very overwhelming. Yeah. So I think everyone should be out there giving themselves grace and remembering to take it one day at a time. And sometimes just being awake, being alive and, you know, being here is an act of like revelation or revolution. Revolution. Yes. There you go. Yes. And remember, keep in mind that People around you have plenty of reasons to not be patriotic. I don't, I don't, I don't know that we have the kind of audience that is full of diehard nationalists that are like, yay, America. <laughs> but on the off chance that we do, we say all this to say that like people have many reasons to be torn and not yay, America about stuff. Life shit is real. Rights are being taken away. Uh, and People need to understand the implications of these things and how they could spiral into other things. We truly, truly have old, old Christian white people making decisions about law based on old Christian white people morals in 2022. And that is disturbing. And if you don't understand why that's disturbing, uh, I, I guess you're out of you're out of touch with reality. Or you agree with it, and maybe you should get back in touch with reality for real so for that for that reason i never again for the rest of my life will be standing for any kind of a flag because one that's also just some weird shit anyway if anybody never thought about that we just always been kind of forced into it because we're americans and we thought it was normal and like k through 12 but i ain't standing for no flags i'm not i'm letting i'm not i'm telling my kids not to stand for no flags uh, we we don't worship pieces of cloth like like they're God. So <laughs> I know I know y'all didn't ask, but I'm just go put, ahead, Gary. Get your shit off. Nah, cause that 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 shit has always been strange to me. And the older now that I'm like full full blown grown and my my cortex is fully developed, looking back on that, I'm like, yeah, that was some weird cult shit they had us doing as kids. And that's not some shit other countries be doing. 
So well, like, what's the next topic? Let's get off America, dusty ass. Right. Daddy America. Oh, not my daddy. Not mine either. All right, yeah, let's let's switch gears a little bit. All right. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> ah. <yeah>. Ooh. <laughs> ooh, not the ooh. Let's talk about bodies. Body yaddy yaddies. Yes. Um, it's summer. Bodies are out. The, uh, the summer body is the one you're rocking right now to all my beloveds out there. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Whatever you want to rock, rock it to the fullest. You look great. Um, I want to talk about body standards because, all right, so I'll, uh, I'll, start, I'll start personal and then I'll branch it out into a, to a general sense. So, I, um, ever, so I, I have a, I'm in a relationship and I done, in my in my relationship, I done fucked around and got all fat and happy. <laughs> I, I've uh, for for the majority of my life, I've been I've been a I've been a slender fellow. Um, but then I, I started kind of I just I just got to a point where I had a full blown gut, and I didn't I wasn't used to that, and I was kind of insecure about it. But my lady is all about it. She likes my gut. She be trying to she be trying to rub it and shit. And I'd be like, stop popping her in the hand but then, until I just finally give it and accept it. <laughs> um, and on top of that, you know, I feel like anybody who's been anywhere social media related in the last couple of years has heard the conversation of dad bods are in, you know, like it's over for you muscle bound niggas. We're not on y'all no more. Um, I kind of just wanted to unpack that as a whole. Um, like, where do we, where do we think that, where do we think that comes from as far as like the whole standard changing? Because, you know, we can all, of course, remember a time where like uh, the main thing that was kind of pushed was like all things muscular, all things fit. And like, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is very much still like a fat shamey subtext and a lot of things. But I think body positivity is becoming a lot more uh, commonplace. It's showing up in more ads and fashion and people mm-hmm. being more inclusive with the models that they're using and things like that. So, Paige, what are your thoughts? What are your one? Um, how how do your have your standards at all when it comes to like body types? What you're into? Has it changed? Uh, has your relationship with your own body changed? And uh, yeah, what's your what's your chime in on the topic? Well, I think the first thing as to like why we're seeing the change is really because of social media. Um, we now allow the consumer to control the narrative. And when you look on social media, like, yeah, there's a bunch of influencers that do look like models because people who look like models do exist. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of people don't look like that. Right. So there have now been people who are like Instagram famous, Twitter famous, TikTok famous, who don't look like those people. Right. um, Because we allow like other people to now be in the spotlight. So I think that. And then I also think that like when um, like the most recent obsession with black culture in the last I would say 15 years has been curvy bodies has been Mm. really fetishizing or re-fetishizing black women's bodies and reappropriating like traditionally african-american or black or you know women of color body types and then putting them on white women yeah and that also kind of like opened up the door for like fatter or chunkier whatever the politically correct word is you know, more plumper folks to get into the spotlight because like if you're a big girl, but you're a big girl with like big titties and a fat ass, that little bit of gut ain't going to bother nobody because that's in you, you like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're someone like me, I feel like I'm like round, like my body is just like a round shape. I don't have like those kind of like super curvy S type bodies. Like you're so very much, like, oh, my body is weird. <laughs> like, right. ah, don't look at me. Um, there's like this plus size TikToker that I like to follow. I think her name's Alyssa. She's a, a white woman, but mm-hmm. she has a husband who's very like physically fit. He looks mm-hmm. like maybe he's like a CrossFitter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And every time she posts a picture of them together, people in her comments like, oh, he must have been with her when she was thin. He's so kind. She must be rich. Just like wildly disrespectful shit. Oh, damn. And it's like, she's she doesn't always address it, but her and her husband have addressed it. 
But it's just like people can't even fathom that someone who like isn't fit like deserves to be loved by someone who is seen as conventionally attractive. Right. And so it's like it's like 50-50. There's definitely a sector of people who are like I should be loved because of, no matter what I look like. But I do think that society as a whole has done such a good job of like training us to shame people that it's hard to like move out of. Like I have a better relationship with my body, but I don't have a good relationship with my body. I do not like it. I think it's weird looking. I often struggle to like pick clothes or like go out and feel as confident as I should. Mm-hmm. I like sometimes I'll feel confident. And so I'll ask someone to take a picture of me and then I see the pictures of me and I'm like, now I'm self-conscious. Cause I'm like, is that what I look like? Do right. other people see that and see me? This is not what I would want people to see. So I think it's like ebbs and flows. Um, and I think this other piece of that, like, fat people are always brave. Oh, God, that is, like, even I do that. It's like, oh, you see someone who, again, doesn't have a traditional type body, and mm-hmm. they're wearing something that is mostly only seen on traditional type bodies. Maybe, like, a really small bikini or, like, a crop top or something like that. And now everyone is telling the big bitch that she's brave. And it's like, why she gotta be brave? Right. Like, why she can't just be wearing clothes? Yeah, it's it's there. It's well intended, but backhanded. It's like if you see a if you see a woman with a belly wearing a crop top, it's like, oh, you're so authentic. You're so unafraid to be yourself. It's like maybe she's just hot. <laughs> like maybe she just wanted some air to hit the tummy, and y'all and y'all treating her like she deserves a statue. <laughs> like God forbid somebody don't conform to the standards that were put in place to make people feel like shit. But um, it's good that well, th- well, one. Thanks for sharing about your own relationship with your body. I'm sure every, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And that, yeah, I mean, that's very much kind of the spot I'm in right now. Like, I very much had, I very much for the majority of my life had a body I did not necessarily have to actively maintain. Uh, I kind of just remained thin by default. And then, like, when I kind of hit my late 20s and now I'm in my early 30s, it's like things became a lot more active. And then, you know, I, I stopped being as physically out there. And, yeah, now I do kind of have sometimes body image issues. And, like, if I if I eat good for a weekend, uh, I, sit, I stand in the mirror sideways and poke my gut out and get all upset. And then sometimes when it's lower, I feel better about myself and how I, you know, how I um, how shirts look on me and stuff. And, you know. That's something that very much is new for me, and I guess I am fortunate to have a partner that does like my body. But you know, it's 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 a very interesting thing to have to navigate because it's like on one hand, like I, you know, I don't know how I feel about having a gut, and I think I want to get rid of it. But I'm happy that my partner supports me, and it's like kind of kind of managing those two things at once because it's like yes, I would like to maintain attraction with my partner, but at the same time, I want to feel good in the skin I'm in. And naturally, she supports me either way. So if I were to lose my gut and get a get a six pack you could wash a plate on um, <laughs> i think you know, it's not like she would uh leave me or anything but yeah i think uh i i definitely would agree with what you said too as well i think there is definitely a new uh i think prominent figures and celebrities and uh social media influences having different body types is definitely helping push that narrative um I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of women in recent years being more, much more outspoken about being into bigger men. Um, I've been seeing like you know fat fat boy fall and shit like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and women being very into that idea. Like I've seen, I see like I see I've, you know uh, you know the um, the Instagram personality Spice Adams. I feel like I do. I'd have to maybe see a picture of him. Hold on, let me Google. You probably know who he is. He he's the guy that does the ah ha ha. Um, and I don't know. He's like a he's like an older guy. He used to be a football player. He's also like a Q. He does a lot of like he does a lot of skits where he like makes fun of how old heads behave. What's his name? Spice what? Spice Adams. Spice Adams. Okay. He's an he's an older gentleman. I want to say maybe in his forties. But okay, that's how I like him. He's also a plumper man. And he like you know he like he'll like you know he he's he he does comedy of course so he'll sometimes he'll wear like 
he makes fun of old heads. So he'll make he'll wear like really short shorts that like an old head will wear, and like the uncle barbecue shoes and oh, shit like funny. shit like that. But anyway, I'm sorry. I've I've started to see a lot more like thirst for him, like people like treating him like he's a sex symbol, and like and like among amongst like other people, other like influencers who who do have like bellies or you know who are larger, like bigger men, just kind of being in and not people being so caught up on the Michael B. Jordans of the world. So, you know, we definitely right. love, we definitely love to see it. Um Paige, you've always been pro pro belly, right? Yeah, I mean I like a bigger guy. Um I've definitely dabbled in like the thin dudes, but I've never been like a thin gal. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've never really wanted to be with a thin guy. Um so yeah, so I've normally always been with I like a like a huskier, beefier kind of guy. Um, I don't know, but I like big guys. Like I, mm, yeah, there's like a, I don't know how to describe it, but I like a bigger guy. <laughs> right. And I, uh, I like a bigger woman. I, um, definitely my, my standards for that are definitely, I mean, I don't think like I've, I mean, I've kind of dated all across the spectrum when it comes to body types. I've been with very petite women. I've been with like, tall fit women i've been with muscular women i've been with like more on the curvier side more on the you know not as curvy but yeah no i definitely i definitely think that my my comfort zone um when it comes to like what i'm attracted to is i do like i I do like women with meat on their bones and and everything that comes with be that you know belly cellulite whatever i'm here i'm here for all of that so I'm, i'm pro all bodies um and I'm happy that I'm seeing like a, a much larger push for, you know, people opening their minds up when it comes to body standards. And I, we love that shit over here at Wise and Moisturized. I really want, I, I do love that people are becoming more open. I do, I just think it needs to like stop being like commodified. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just needs to stop. Like you need to just start hiring people who have regular bodies. Like, you know what I mean? Literally. People who like, I should be able to, you know, even if you narrowed it down to like the top 10 body types, like that probably wouldn't even cover everyone, but hopefully that would give people a large enough like view. Like I'm so tired of trying to buy plus size clothes and every bitch got wide hips, a fat ass, no stomach and titties. Whose plus size is this? Right. Where are the bitches with the fupas? Like I need, I need that. Like that's what I'm giving. Yeah. I need a shorty with a tummy. Like what does that look like? Yeah, the representation needs to be across the board. Like, if you if you only like quote unquote plus size people when they have the have if have an exact specific shape, it's like you're not you're not accounting for the majority of the population. I think that that part is like very annoying. Like, you know what I mean? Every single fucking plus size person does not look like a fashion nova model on like extra large. Like, that's just not like that's exhausting. Like all those models, like. This model is 5'9", and she's wearing a medium. Then why is she in the plus-size collection? <laughs> Ain't no medium plus-size. Y'all made that up. Like, we, we don't get to say. Y'all the one who keep changing the goalposts. Yeah, so, medium, medium plus-size is wild. It is. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> and so I think that that shit is just, like, exhausting. So, I don't know. I... I would like to see more women who look like me because I feel like there are definitely times when like, I want to believe that I'm attractive, but like, it's, it's like sometimes like hard mm-hmm. because it's like, you don't see, or at least I don't feel like I see people who like look like me, like always like being like celebrated or like spoken kindly to, so, like, sometimes I, like, fucks with your, you know, like, your self-esteem. Like, somebody can be telling you, like, I do like you or I do like the way you look. And you have to, there's still a moment like, hmm, but why? Right. <laughs> like, do you like it right now because of what I'm wearing? Like, right. Like, is it time? Is it conditional? Is it day? Right. Like, what? Like, do you like it if I never look different than this right here, right now, in this way? Like, so I think that that's the other pieces, too, is that just being able to see that these bodies, like, deserve recognition makes it easier for you to accept recognition. And I'm not saying that, like, that's how it should be. I, you know what I mean? But for me, that would be helpful. Right. Agreed. 
cool. Um, so let's talk about friendships. And let's talk about friendships of yesteryear. So this topic comes because, you know, I'm, I, I mentioned before, a lot, I mentioned on here often that I'm pretty active on Facebook. And I, I, one of my favorite things about Facebook is being able to see memories so you can see what type of ball-headed hoe shit you were on 10 years ago. <laughs> and it's usually hilarity ensues. I was, I was usually on some shit patch. I was a, I've always been an interesting fellow. And some of my opinions and thoughts and shit from way back in the day are sometimes cringy. Sometimes they're teachable moments. Sometimes I share them just to make fun of myself. Sometimes I was on to something. But among that, peppered into the Facebook memories is friends from the past. And uh, quite often, it'll be somebody that at that time in my life, I was super tight with. Like somebody that I thought I would never fall out of touch with. Somebody that I thought would be A1, day one, would be in, at my wedding, would be at my, you know, my fucking 30th wedding anniversary party. Shit like that. And a lot of those people ain't around no more. There's people as recent as a year ago that I've fallen out of touch with, just have no have no communication with whatsoever. And uh, it's interesting. So I kind of want to talk about that, like fading friendships. Uh, kind of the kinds where like you didn't necessarily even have like a falling out or anything like that, but you just one day was just the last day you spoke to that person. Uh, so Paige, do you have any of those situations that come to mind? Yeah. I mean, I've had friendships that I've like actively ended or actively like, like acknowledged like, Hey, this isn't working and then hadn't done anything to fix it. Mm -hmm. I've also had friendships that I've just kind of like faded away. And I think it just really depends on the nature of the friendship. And I think that that's something that I'm learning in my adult life is that, that phrase that some people are in your life for a reason, some people are in your life for a season, like that sometimes that can be really true. Like you and like me, we met when we were working at the same school. Mm-hmm. Like there are definitely people there who I was cool with um, that like that weren't you, but like, you know, I didn't bring them with me to my next institution. Like I didn't start a podcast with them. Like I don't really talk to them. Like, you know, it's just you mm-hmm. and our other friend that I normally talk to. Um, and so I, you know, I don't think that those people are any, you know, less cool per se, but like, I don't think there was a reason to bring them with me into this next chapter in life. And I think that like, Mm -hmm. once I was able to start to identify, you know, what was the real nature of our relationship, at least what I think. And like, why would that maybe not translate to this next like status of life? I'm able to make a decision. Like, is this something that I'm willing to work on? Um, or is this something that I've like acknowledged that like, Hey, this is like kind of played its part in my life and it's okay to let this go. Right. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, I agree. Um, I think we're, I think we're of a similar mind space. Um, I, um, yeah, this is definitely something that, that I kind of had to grow into because I don't know, I've always been a very social person. I've always been somebody that had like a pretty wide friend group and, did a pretty good job of maintaining lots of different friendships with people that were kind of scattered all over the place. Um, and I don't know, I kind of prided myself on that. And actually we know uh, the older you get, the harder that can be to maintain because, you know, adulthood kicks in, you get other priorities that you got to maintain and not to mention just your own mental health in and of itself can be hard to just hold down, let alone balancing uh, the emotions and inter- interactions with others. So I definitely used to be somebody that would kind of take it to heart thinking about friendships from before. And like, I've I, I definitely had times where like, I might sit and think about, damn, I really haven't talked to so-and-so in whatever, a year, two years. And uh, it would bother me. And I, I might even like reach out and like try to rekindle something. Sometimes successfully, sometimes like, eh, not so much. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, now I'm... Um, I think it's like hitting different because I, uh, I, I, I thought that I had my, um, my adult friend group kind of assembled. I'm like, all right, these are the people that are, you know, uh, that are kind of going to, that are, that are kind of going to, they're kind of going to go with me on like the journey of adulthood, uh, from here on out. And I can't see that ever changing. And then that even changed. Right. So it's like, I think about those people sometimes and like it, it often, it more often happens when like somebody who like, who knew us as kind of like a package deal asks like, Oh, when's the last time you spoke to so-and-so? And I'm like, man, it's been, 
you know, however long it's been a year, it's been a couple months and they'll be like, Oh my God, what happened? And like, you know, I think that's also a thing that people kind of, uh, I don't know, project onto others where it's like when, if you say you don't, you haven't smoked with somebody in a while, they say like, Oh, what happened? As if like, it has to be a negative thing. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of have to do that thing where you like explain to them how adulthood works. Like, Oh, nothing happened. We just kind of, you know, right. went our own separate directions. But um, I'm, I mostly agree with you. I think, yeah, I'm realizing that I think some people's place in my life kind of ran its course or maybe I got whatever I was supposed to get from them. And, you know, there's no ill will. I hope they're winning whatever, uh, however they want to win in their own life. And, uh, you know, there's no love lost, but it also doesn't necessarily mean that we need to rekindle any flames. Um, I'm also learning that I'm fortunate because while there may be friendships of yesteryear behind me, um, I also don't really want for anything when it comes to the support of my life right now. Like I still have a very solid friend group. I have lots of different types of friends and calibers of friends and friends that I can lean on for different types of things. And all the boxes are checked. So it's like, even so the ones who aren't here now, it's like, hmm, part of me wishes you could have been, but the other part of me is like, well, you're, I, I know I add value. So your, your slot was surely filled. <laughs> your slot was surely filled. <laughs> I think that is definitely true. I also think like as an adult, um, you know, you just don't need to be, like, collecting friends. Like, I think that's the other piece is that, like, sometimes you meet people and, like, they want to be your friend more than you want to be friends with them. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no easy way to share that information. And it's nothing wrong with you. Like, sometimes, like, the person be totally fine. But it's, like, I just don't need another friend right now. Like, I'm right. being cordial and cool. But, like, at least for me, like, friendship it's not an obligation like friendship to be to me. I firmly believe should be mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. I should be benefiting from this relationship. And so should you. And at any point you feel like you were no longer benefiting from our relationship, we should have a conversation about what needs to change. If this relationship is over, does it need to evolve to something else? Like, you know what I mean? Right. But friendship should not be burdensome. Yeah. Sometimes be heavy, um, but they should never be burdensome. Or if they are burdensome, they shouldn't be for long because you should be able to, like, discuss that and correct it accordingly. Yeah, whatever um, burden is. Yeah, and so for me, it's just, like, sometimes it's hard because you meet people in your adult life who maybe really like you and they're cool. But, like, again, like, their energies or whatever, it just isn't worth the burden. Like, you seem really chill. Not, like, you know what I mean? You're not so special that I feel like, you know what? We should be friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not a spark. Mm nothing wrong you're there's nothing wrong with you as a person but to create the obligation of friendship based off what you're giving me just doesn't really feel like it's going to be benefiting me as much as it's going to be benefiting you and maybe that makes me an asshole but you know what i mean like i don't feel like i don't feel obligated that every time i meet someone super cool we have to be friends sometimes i'm just meeting you and it was wonderful and if i see you again cool and if i don't that's also cool because you don't be anything (laughs) Yeah, that's under discussed for sure. Like the way you said it, like meeting, encountering somebody who kind of, yeah, who wants to be your friend way more than you want to be theirs. Like that's very real. Like those kind of, those people who want to dive right in the deep end the second that y'all hit it off that are like, you know, like you, you have like one, you have like a, maybe a, you have a nice interaction at maybe like a mutual friends gathering or like a bar, whatever. And then, you know, like you decide to exchange information or numbers and next thing you know, they want to hang out every week. It's like, God damn, like you're <laughs> like you're jumping the line. There, there's niggas I've been riding with for 10 years who I don't see every week. <laughs> so I definitely I definitely understand that. And um, yeah, I, I think I used to fall into that a little bit because I, you know, because I did pride myself on being such a successfully social person. That when I would encounter those people that were just excited to be in my presence because I guess, you know, they saw something in me that they wanted more of and they were kind of blowing me up to stay around and then it kind of fizzled out. I did kind of feel bad, but I'm like, no, I was, you know, I did, I did more than enough and I don't have to feel bad just because it's kind of like how we said on the previous pod that like the same way that like it's not just because everything that doesn't last forever isn't a waste of time and, and everything that doesn't develop into like the best thing ever isn't a waste of time, you know, like right. maybe you can maybe like there's people you're meant to keep as like a, a B or C tier friend, you know, they don't necessarily have to be like going for the gold every single time. Right. And, and that's the thing is that like people can come into your life and be like you can be super close 
and then you can cycle out. Like I can like right now, like you and I are very much in each other's orbit. Like we're pretty mm-hmm. much like tapped in with what's going on in our lives. Like, and I hope that we continue to be, but if any given point for whatever reason we aren't, I don't necessarily think that that means we can't be friends. We just may not be friends in the same way that we used to be. Right. And I think also something that people have to understand that sometimes relationships don't have to dissolve, but they do evolve based on the needs of the people in the relationship. Right. And I think where sometimes relationships can get stale or frustrating when people are like committed to staying in one particular location um, in the relationship growth cycle, as opposed to just being like, okay, like, it's, well, what's going on now? Like, you know, I may need you more. I may need you less. Mm. And like, as long as that's something that again works for both of y'all, I don't see why it can't be something that is continuously being readjusted and evaluated because there's some people who you meet and you're like at the time like i can't like we do not clap like this is not it but then you meet them like maybe 10 years down the line and it's a very different situation yeah and you might have more in common now that you live more life like there's just so many things so it's like i also try not to take it personally like if this isn't it may not be your time but you never know. We may circle back. If it's meant to be, it will happen. Yeah, it's just not serving us now. Right. And I refuse to just be in spaces that aren't serving me. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of people who, who right now listening to us, like the main thing holding, making them hold on to certain friendships is time and time alone. You know, like they, they might be a completely different person from when they met their friends. They might have different values. They might have different needs, but they, you know, they stick around and, you know, that can have differing levels of being good or bad. But like, for example, like I, there, I definitely used to have friends that like the only real commonality we had was that we like drank together, you know, like we were party friends, you know, all, all we really knew each other for was like going out party stories, shit that we did when we were like bodied. But sometimes those kinds of people develop a different level. So like if, if you were my party friend six years ago, but that you're still doing the same shit. Meanwhile, like, you know, I'm growing, I'm focused on my career, my relationship. You're not necessarily, maybe you don't fit my real, you don't really fit what I have going on now because maybe now I'd like you to be the friend that I could go to a fucking, go on a double date to a pottery class with, <laughs> but you ain't right. got, but you ain't got nobody to bring with you. I, I, I can, I can bring Paige and her partners to the pottery class and we can all have fun. <laughs> right. But your ass still just want to drink Jameson all day. <laughs> right. So it's not that it's not that I love you no less. It's just that it's not it's not really serving what I have going on right now. Maybe I'm not in a phase where I want to just every time I hang out with you, I want to get blackout drunk. Ooh, Chile, that is sounds so exhausting. Right. Um, <laughs> like just the thought of that is so much. And I think that that's the other piece is that like we as a society need to give ourselves more credit about growing. Mm-hmm. Like I, Stanley and I used to keep a fully stocked like liquor situation at my house and at his house and you know that for certain being at my house like i always had something to drink oh you saw um, you saw my mini bar right and like i i don't live like that now like we have barely anything in our mini fridge and once like the house is like set up to have guests like obviously we'll restock it so people who are over can have the beverages that they like but like Sally and i aren't really big like alcohol alcohol drinkers anymore like it's just not something that we do as frequently as we used to mm-hmm. so like you're right like you know, if, if we're going to be friends and all you ever want to do is drink, like you can drink over here. That's not going to bother me as long as you're cool that I'm also not drinking. Right. You know what I mean? Like everyone has to play their role. And so I think that that, like as an adult, that's something that you just kind of learn to understand is that some friendships are worth fighting for. Some aren't. Sometimes friendships that were worth fighting for at one point have now run their course and now are now are no longer worth fighting for. And maybe relationships that you wouldn't have fought for before are now worth fighting for. Everything kind of changes on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I try not to get like too, I guess like hung up um, over it. And I really just try to like, again, like I have a lot of personal things going on in my life right now that really make me focus on like the moment. Yeah. Is this serving me right now? Am I enjoying this? Is this working for me? If it's not, then I can check in and and make a decision. But if it is, then like I'm willing to continue moving forward. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm definitely at a phase right now where the people I, the friends I am gravitating towards, the ones I just, like the ones that I, that just, it doesn't even feel like effort to stay in touch and stay connected and keep hanging out are the ones that do understand that life happens. You know, they are, it is mostly friends that either, 
do have like partners that they're looking to build with or, you know, buy a house with, you know, they're focused on more just like the, the long term. They're, they're focused on the bigger picture and they understand that like life happens. So there's no pressure to be a certain way or do a certain thing. And, you know, every, they understand that we have to make it make sense. So the lesson here, I guess I would say, because here wise and moisturized, remember, we have to educate you. We've been going a while. So maybe y'all forgot mm-hmm. is that it's one, it's okay to grow. It's okay to grow personally. It's okay to grow in such a way that might impact your relationships. Uh, the friends that matter will re-meet you if they need to. Uh, if you have a different value system or you, or you have a different way that you prefer to move, that's that. Um, if you tell a friend that you, pre- that you value that, hey, I'm not partying anymore. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm substantially cutting back. And they don't want to honor that or they make you feel lesser for it. Uh, I'd say you you need to question if that's a friend or not, uh, because that means that they're trying to hold on to a version of you that that comforts them. They're trying to hold on to a version of you that, you know, is what they want and they're, they have very little regard for how you want to proceed moving forward. So, uh, grow at the pace that you want to be the person you need to be. And the friends that you, uh, the current friends that you have, uh, they'll, they'll expose themselves by how they adapt to it. And uh, the people that you meet and feel natural remaining friends with while you're growing, uh, maybe those are people that you need to lean into more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any uh, any parting any any parting thoughts on that topic, Paige? Are you feeling honestly? Again, I think the biggest thing is that like friendship should be mutually beneficial. And if you find yourself like dodging a friend or hiding accomplishments for from a friend or not being able to be honest with your friend, then I would argue that maybe you don't have a friend. Yeah. And, you know, for some people it takes them longer to get there than not, but those are things that you need to consider. And if you are doing those things and you feel like you do have a friend, then you should feel an obligation to talk to that person because that's the only way that relationship is going to get any better and therefore sustainable. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Relationships that you're hiding from are not sustainable. And if you really care about someone and feel like they belong in your life, then you owe it to them to be honest, to give them a chance or to give you guys an opportunity to find a solution for the issue. Um, because when you don't, you make the decision for them. I mean, if they don't want to come back around when you do, then you don't get a chance to like, you know what I mean? You lost the opportunity to have a diplomatic conversation. Yeah. For sure. So just remember that being communicative about your feelings is always the most important thing you can do. And being communicative about your feelings is not only in romantic relationships. Um, right. Keep in mind that emotional intelligence is necessary in all of your relationships, be that with your partner, with your family, or with your friends. The, every one of those people deserves open communication about feelings. And if any of those relationships in your in your big old adult age don't allow you to be emotionally open, then again, it's time to reevaluate how essential they are. Um, and with also in, in terms of change, people can change in an instant. Sometimes people have cold turkey moments in their life. Maybe they, and it's not it's not even always your business to find out why people have cold turkey moments. All you need to know is if somebody truly that you care about comes to you and says, "Hey, all you need to know is from this point forward, I'm moving like this," and I I, I want you to know that. Then if you're their friend, respect it. That could be cutting cutting out drinking, drugs, partying. It could be changes in diet. It could be whatever. Um, but if, if they come to you as a person that they love and confide in and say, hey, this is my new standard of what of how I'm going to live my life, if you have their back, hold them down. And don't and, and do your best to not enable them in the opposite direction if you, you know, care about their development. Absolutely. Damn we good. Yeah, that's all I got for you today, boo. Me as well. Um, and again, folks, thanks for rocking with us. We know we had a very we had a little unspoken hiatus, but it do indeed be like that. And we hope y'all aren't so offended that you stopped listening. But if so, hey, we just told you sometimes friendships fade. <laughs> Absolutely. You can always fade back in and we won't shame you. Yeah, if you need to leave now and then come back at episode 30, fuck you, but feel but go for it. <laughs> Not fuck you, but feel free to go for it. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Well, we will see you in two weeks. Promise, maybe. Of course.
<laughs> if we feel like it, if it's healthy, if all of our needs are met. Absolutely. Toodaloo, y'all. Peace out. Bye. Bounce.